Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our very special interview with the directors of Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. And today, you're joining us for our ongoing series we're calling Behind the Geeks, where we interview a guest who has worked behind the scenes or been a part of any of the things that we love. Today, I am so excited to say that we are joined by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhardt, collectively known as the Daniels the writing and directing duo behind Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, to give you a little background here, this dynamic duo began their career as directors of music videos for artists like Foster the People, The Shins, Tenacious D. In 2016, the duo expanded to feature films, writing and directing the movie Swiss Army Man, starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, uh, for which the duo received uh, the directing award at the 2016 Sundance Film Festival. If you haven't seen this movie, you 100% have to check it out. In 2017, it was announced that the Daniels would write and direct and produce a then-unnamed sci-fi film produced by the Russo Brothers Company. That film is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is in selected cities right now, but is hitting wide release this Friday, April 8th. Uh, this is a sci-fi action adventure starring Michelle Yeoh. Uh, it is already getting critical acclaim. It is literally Everything Everywhere All all at once. I just love saying that name. Uh, a huge thanks to Elevation Pictures here in Canada for helping set up this interview. Uh, this interview was fantastic. They shed a little bit more light of what went into building the screenplay and how they keep themselves grounded with their grassroots style filmmaking while expanding the scope and expanding the horizons of storytelling and really sticking to heart. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Daniels. How are you? Hello. Pretty good. We're doing okay. We're in the we're in the mix right now, so it's yeah. a little hard to have, have an objective answer. To Having that. an overwhelming month. Yeah. <laughs> Out of body experience. I can only imagine. Well, I'm I'm so happy to have you guys here on the Geek Centric Podcast. Um, and you know, congratulations on the release of the movie. It's been getting a lot of love and praise, and I'm so happy to have a chance to talk to you about this movie. And which I believe one of you guys called it uh, uh, Cosmic Gumbo, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, in, <laughs> yeah, in that's an interview. Kind of what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment because it, it does feel like a, a visual feast for your eyes while also being food for your soul. So let's get into uh, the questions here. I would love to talk to you about uh, first the screenplay. You know, again, to have strong visuals, you have to have a strong story. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how long were you guys working on this? And, and also, was it hard to get this incredible cast on board? Was there different pitches that kind of rolled around or was everyone really connected with the script upon reading it for the first time? Yeah. Um... It took so long for us. <laughs> it took it took a lot of drafts, a lot of pages had to get thrown out because right. um, at 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 its core, this movie was an experiment. We were like, we wanted to see what would happen if we took a traditional um, action movie, three act structure with our hero's journey, and send it through the blender of the multiverse um, and yeah. the blender of infinity, and see like what happens if we destroy our movie. What if we make it so that nothing matters? and our characters don't feel like anything matters, and our audience might believe that nothing matters. 
And what if we can pull them out of that feeling and make them feel um, that there is meaning and there's beauty still, despite all of that. And so it was really much like um, a lot of iterations, a lot of, it, it feels like the way, you know, the infinite monkeys with typewriters might accidentally come upon, come upon um, Hamlet, you know, that, that's right, kind of right. what our writing process is like sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the we we worked hard on the script too because yeah. we um, you know we came up in music videos and and so yep. we like weren't we didn't think of ourselves as writers and right. we didn't read all the screenplay books and mm -hmm. and this time we were like okay I think knowing we're gonna break it we want it to be really enjoyable and accessible before it breaks you know For sure. For um, sure. so we uh, the the script is is pretty accurate to the final thing and i think right. that was a huge gift and made talking to actors and talking to crew a lot easier um right. because uh there there clearly was so much thought on on how it was going to intersect sure. and how it was going to flow and um i think the the real miracle of how we got the cast involved was um that michelle yo believed in the script yeah um so she liked it and then everyone else, we were like, guess what? Michelle's in it. And they're like, great, great. I'd like to be in it too. I, I, can I, do I get to work with her? I would it, like it was to an easy movie. sell from the, from that point on. That's great. That's yeah, awesome. Kinda, yeah. Um, I know Joe and Anthony Russo played as producers and collaborators on this project. And it feels very fitting given, you know, your unique style of filmmaking. We borrowed some tips and tricks from both hats, you know. That's um, great. Yeah. There seems like there's a, a definitely a, a practicality and then also a widening of the scope as well. And, and with that, you know, with some of the visuals, I know it's already getting celebrated and there's multiple layers of, of different genres and loving callbacks to other movies that, that are just reminiscent throughout the film. I've heard people call out the sci-fi, the Kung Fu, even the Matrix references. And I think there's a bit of Terminator in there, if I might say so, especially with Wayman's character. Oh yeah. Um, but again, I feel like genre blending is such a part of like your signature style as this dynamic directing duo so with that said I, I was wondering can you speak to why it's important to blend genres rather than just sticking to one for sure yeah um a couple purposes <laughs> one is that like we're, we're kind of like we're media savvy like so many people you know and and so like you can kind of see it coming when you're watching a movie and and put up your defenses and be like okay here comes the part where that character is going to feel this um and uh and so we're always afraid to just to to stick to one genre because then we would we won't, we don't feel anything when we right. watch a movie that just has one genre in there. Mm -hmm. um, but we but it's a super valuable shorthand to to get people to an emotional place. And then if we mix it and switch it and keep it unpredictable, then hopefully we can get past all your defenses yeah. um, and and get to your uh, gooey gooey sweet emotional heart at the middle. Because that yeah. and and that's what works on us, you know. And that's how in real life that's when you know. I cry is when it when I don't see it coming. You right. Know? No, for life, sure. Real life, yeah. Real life doesn't stick to one genre. It's a mess. And and like I think this movie is is really resonating with audiences because they see their life reflected in the chaos of our of our film. I could not agree more with that sentiment because it it is just so captivating to. Again, it's not predictable. You're you're moving through this 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 film and the story as if you are a character in it, really experiencing the ups and downs and, and all of the, the different nuanced emotions. So yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I love that that is very much a signature style of, of your filmmaking. Um, with Swiss Army Man being uh, your directorial debut and, and having an extensive 
filmmaking experience in music videos and, and short films. Uh, this question might seem a little odd, but how, how, how do your grassroots of filmmaking still stay infused in, in, in your work as the scope widens with a movie like this, like everything everywhere all at once? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I think there's always been something unattractive to us about widening the scope too much too fast. Mm -hmm. um, because we lean really hard on our collaborators and on our kind of scrappy process. And we're like, oh, if, if we just took a ton of money and, and went off and had to work with a brand new group of people, we might turn in a pretty bad product. And, and this was still that, like we, it was bigger, but not crazy bigger. We still had to like pull off a, a lot scrappily and we did it here in Los Angeles. And, and our producer we've been working with for 10 years, our cinematographer we've been working with for 10 years, like, uh, production designer, editor, uh, stunt coordinator. It was a lot of familiar faces. Oh, that's and, great. And so we, we knew, so we leaned very heavily on the same old tricks that we used on music videos back in 2012. Um, and and that allowed us to pull off a lot. A lot, yeah. For a yeah. Trust less, your team. You know? I also yeah. think just like narratively to make something interesting, you have to just be willing to um, take a lot of risks and um, I think one of the things that we took from music videos and that we're trying to bring into feature films is, is this feeling that like nothing is sacred, right. right? If nothing is sacred, then anything can be sacred. And I think when, if, if we were to take too big of a leap, but like, you know, budget wise, or even like, you know, um, fan base wise, that would really hurt our creative process because then suddenly all these other thoughts would kind of creep in and we wouldn't have the flexibility to just say like, like I said, there are no rules. Um, yep. And so like we've slowly grown our, our, our scope and our scale in a way that we can comfortably still look at each other and say, okay, there are still no rules, right? Yes. Okay. There's yes. still no rules. Let's do whatever, <laughs> whatever we are interested in without worrying about how, what, you know, what the audience reaction will be. Cause it's mostly we're selfishly making these movies for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's, that's what you want to do. Right. So, and, and you know, now having, you know, this project with an expanding scope and you know multiversal themes and working with the Russo brothers, it feels like you might be uh, a few infinity stones away from another universe, which given all the praise and love that this movie is getting, it feels like more opportunities are going to start presenting themselves. Now I did read somewhere, and I don't know if it's necessarily true that there was an opportunity for you to work on an MCU project. And given that we're huge Marvel fans, is that something that would you'd be interested in? And if so, are there any characters or stories that you'd want to tell in that world, whether movie or series? Mm. We, uh, I mean, it's, it's such a giant canvas, the Marvel stuff. Like to, Dan hinted at it a minute ago, like we're very intimidated by making anything that has a built-in fan base. Right. Uh, you know, like that's so, it's such, you know, for a producer, they're like, great, pre-sold tickets. But as a right. filmmaker, it's like, oh, what if we blow it? I'm right, no, I totally so agree. Scary. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, um, we're somewhat pessimistic about the direction that humankind is headed and kind of worried we're destroying the planet and, uh, right. and all of human civilizations, uh, you know, uh, at risk. And how could we make a Marvel movie that would uh, convince us all to work together and, uh, collaborate yeah. to try to take on the challenges of the 21st century? Because, we're not sure what character that is. Yeah. The MCU has the biggest built in audience of all of like all of history basically there's never been more eyes on one 
thing ever. So it's just like, oh, what if we could harness that built-in fan base to change the world and save the world? That's the oh, only version yeah. of that's the only version where we. But we haven't cracked that, it, so yeah, we'll just exactly. put it on your podcast, and another <laughs> filmmaker might do it first. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Whoever does it first, great. Like, let's yeah. just sure. try to. Um, Fix this mess. <laughs> <laughs> Fix the mess. Uh, I guess last question here, real quick. Uh, what what sort of uh, things do you guys enjoy in your free time uh, other than you know making movies? What what is it that get, keeps you grounded? Are you reading stuff, writing stuff? Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I think it was Dan. Uh, you, you watched Turning Red recently and noticed some of those similar parallels, uh, which I noticed as well. Yeah. Is there is there anything that you're you're really into right now that uh, you'd love to share with our listeners? I'm playing a lot of video games lately. Love it. Love, love. I'm a big gamer. So and he's been, been collecting skateboards. I've been nice. collecting longboards. I've been getting into that. I've been, uh, it's, it's bad. I also have a son. So that's obviously just dadding. Fathering is a Absolutely. big part of uh, the grounding thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I've been drinking a lot in COVID uh, <laughs> and just figuring out which cocktails I like. Uh, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Well, guys, it, this was an absolute honor to talk to you. Uh, I, I've admired your work since uh, before when you were doing music videos, but with Swiss Army Man, it really propelled. Oh, uh, and I have just, it just, this movie means so much to me and, I, and I'm just happy it's in my life now. Uh, so congratulations. Oh. Well, this movie deserves all the love and uh, Daniel's Thank forever, you. man. All right. Cool. All right. Try to keep you proud. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Well, thanks again to the Daniels and thanks to Elevation Pictures for setting this up. It was great to learn more about what keeps them grounded and and how they're passionate about telling their own stories that can help make the world a better place. And in all honesty, uh, they've already done that with their latest film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, out now in selected cities, uh, but hitting wide release this Friday, April 8th. The film is incredibly fun, so inventive, uh, and it has such an emotional core that keeps it grounded. Go see this movie. You will not be disappointed. Um, But that's it. Thank you for joining us for this Behind the Geeks episode. Uh, Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We always appreciate the love and feedback. Also, if you want to share your feedback with us directly, well, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content, like our spoiler free free review for everything everywhere all at once which is out now uh plus we have new content always coming out such as our ongoing watch club for marvel studios moon knight with episode one out now and episode two coming later this week as well we have our this week in geek episode where we cover the latest news and trailers from the geekiverse plus we always got new reviews dropping so be sure to subscribe so you know when our latest episodes drop but until then i appreciate you peace